Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. We are the Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Like I Utah. said, we got a guest today. Give me two. We're going to do four teams, not two, four. We're going next level. It is officially the unveiling of the rest of minor league baseball across this great land, across the entire North America, Ben? In, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I Vancouver. Think, yeah, I was say, there is still Vancouver. I, I, yeah, Yay! Vancouver Canadians. Yep. All so. right. Well, it's exciting. I'm really excited to be a part of the show. We're going to do the Rangers, the Astros, the Rockies, and the San Francisco Giants in one hour extravaganza. Special bonus, a bonus half hour. We usually probably go 40 minutes anyway, so it's not that much of a bonus. But <laughs> it is. It is a bonus. And we've got Joe yeah. Lowry here, who is the man. Joe is here for Prospects Live. Now, I always know him as first really th- through the show and through the Double Deuce Discord and getting to know him through here. That's how I know you, Joe. But you work at Prospects Live, and you're a damn good prospect mind. I appreciate it. Well, you should. Joe, Joe knows if, if you want to know anything about baseball cards, Joe's your guy. And uh, Yeah. Th- that's, that's, that's kind of that's that's how, how I got, got into it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's how Joe and I really got to know each other is on the Prospects Live Discord through a baseball cards channel they have there. And I think that's kind of how Joe kind of got into the Prospects Live game. And he's just, he's really kind of just blown up from there. So. Hmm. It's impressive, Joe. Yeah, you know, my uh, love of prospects, my love of Dynasty Baseball, my love of baseball, and my love of baseball cards, they all kind of coalesced into, you know, um, just digging deeper and deeper every year and, and growing better as, you know. As, as I learn. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, ben, what are you most excited about? Because you're really excited. All of minor league baseball is underway now. What are you looking forward to most this minor league season? I, from what I understand, and this comes from a an interview that, uh, that Theo Epstein did with Jason Stark's podcast this week, um, they are looking, they are still using the minor leagues to experiment and do some different things. And part of that is doing some further experimentation with the pitch clock. And there are some things that they are checking to see how it works with the pitch clock for possible usage when we get to playoff time. So there may be some adjustments we see to the pitch clock that happen mid-year, later in the year, that may determine how the pitch clock is used specifically like later innings when we get to postseason because nobody wants to see a playoff game ended on a pitch clock violation. That's mainly what they had for their conversation. And Theo said, we're looking into how do we make that not happen? But we also have to enforce. And so how do we do both? 
and that's they've got some things they're doing in the minors and there's always different things they're doing in the minor leagues with rule structures and i'll be honest that i haven't done a deep dive into all the different things that are going on this year yet sure i'll get into that over the next couple of weeks as we start the year but it's going to be really interesting to see and i always enjoy that that's part of the minor league season i like because if you've been watching minor league baseball the last three four years all this pitch clock stuff is nothing new and that's why you're seeing a lot of these guys who are coming up and rookies first you know first second year guys that have been playing with the pitch clock for the last couple of years they're pitching way better than the you know 35 year old vets that are suddenly going oh god i don't know how to handle the you know the how to deal with my routines and get into things yeah these kids that are coming up that are 25 years old and spent the last three four years that have pitching in the upper minors with this stuff they got no issue with it it's it's their pace they're just they're cool with it so that's gonna be gonna be interesting to watch yeah joe does that get you excited or is there something else about minor league baseball you love or looking forward to more this season in 2023 yeah so last year we got a taste of triple a data minor league data right so in in the pcl and in the florida state league we had hawkeye data so we had essentially Statcast data for just those two areas now all triple a we are getting Statcast data which is tremendous um and we actually have uh, just released this week at prospects live um an app that scrapes all that data and puts it all in, in a single spot for you, which is really good. Um, made by Sam Worth, who just joined the Prospects Live team. And and I am super excited to get access to all that data because I, I love the cross-section of live looks, look watching the games, watching the video, and then matching that up with the data um, to inform my opinions. And it's been so difficult to do that in the prospect space because a lot of that data has been behind paywalls. And now, at least at the AAA level, as well as in... The Florida State League, we're getting access to all that state Statcast data. It's fantastic. Yay! All right. Well, those are two great reasons to be excited for minor league baseball across the land. I'm excited just to see who does what, who gives it to me straight, who gives me the business, who really rises up, who gives us a new stat line that maybe we didn't see coming. Because every year somebody pops that maybe you didn't see. All the covers Ben does, Joe does, Prospects Live, and everybody else in the business. Someone's going to pop and surprise us. That's why we play along, because it's fun to see that happen. So I can't wait to see who does that. But we got four teams to dive into, so let's get down to it. We're starting with the Rangers. All right, so prepare for the Rangers, folks. The Texas Rangers right here. Not the law enforcement brand, but rather the baseball team, who has spent a lot of money the last couple of years. Is there anything left? Why'd they spend all this money? Are there prospects in their farm system to be gotten joe why don't you lead us off can you give us the current top three prospects with the texas rangers as you see it yeah for me and and one of them's uh already there but he still has prospect uh, status for me the top guy is josh young um you can quibble between josh young um and evan carter in my mind but i prefer josh young simply because um he's he's there he's he's gone through all the levels I don't have any questions about uh, his skill set. Um, you know, there's, you know, th- there's there's no real holes in his game, in my opinion. You know, he's not going to steal bases, but in general, he can man the hot corner. 
Um, he's got the skill sets to stick there. He's he's got above average hit and power. Uh, I, you know, I think you're probably looking at you know a 260 to 280 hitter who's going to get you regularly in that you know 20 ish home run range. Um, you know, just a good five six type of uh, hitter in in your lineup. Uh, you know, I, I just uh, you know and, and let me say this. It, it, there's a bit of bias because uh, a few years ago on Twitter, out of the blue, you know, he asked me for a baseball card that I posted of his, and, and uh, he gave me his address and I sent it to him. So, uh, a <laughs> <laughs> little, little bit of bias working in there. <laughs> um, That's fine. You take it where you can get it. I'm all for it, Joe. Uh... <laughs> yeah. then... and, and, and following that up, I have Evan Carter, right? And then um, I'll have uh, Owen White as my uh, third guy. So, Evan, Evan Carter, just, you know, sublime talent, uh, just that the bat in his hands, he's going to be a monster from the ability to put that bat on the ball. He's just so good at it. You know, it's a plus hit tool. He's got more of a line drive bat path. Um, so he may never get to that 30 home run type of world, but he's going to be hitting probably in that 280 to 300 range. He, he should be able to stick in center field. Uh, he, he's going to get you some stolen bases. Um, you know, he put up together 28 stolen bases last year. Um, you know, the, the one caveat here is that, you know, he's dominated at the lower levels. So we'll have to see how he handles more advanced pitching. But at the end of the day, he, he looks like the real deal. Uh, you know, I, I, the, the floor is super high on, on him. And then Owen White, I think is, you know, he's like an ideal starting pitcher frame. You know, he's got uh, a fastball that's uh, in the mid nineties. Uh, his slider is a plus slider. That's his, his whiff pitch. Uh, he's got a good curveball as well. He'll throw a change up in there. Very good command. Uh, you know, he's, I saw him throwing that fastball all over the place for strikes, for whiffs. Um, you know, the, the biggest problem with, with uh, Owen White is health. You know, he, he had Tommy John and then the pandemic. And then um, in the summer, he uh, had, I believe it was like a forearm strain that shut him down. So, you know, if that hadn't happened, I would expect that we would be hearing his name a lot more as a potential uh, player for the Rangers kind of rotation this year, but we didn't. Yeah, and then of course they spent ben, all that you're money, down with so that? there isn't a spot. So you know, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, okay. I mean, I think Carter and Young are probably your top two in most spots, and then after that, there's probably a group of about seven guys that you could make good arguments for for number three and i'm really and i wouldn't have a big issue with anybody going outside of that um my third guy is anthony gutierrez who i believe is i have him down as the guy who's going to do the emmanuel rodriguez jump this year i think he's just he's unbelievably talented and he's gonna see full season ball for the first time this year and just has ridiculous talent that I mean if, if Emmanuel Rodriguez would have been allowed to play a full season for the Twins last year very likely could have finished the season with a game or two in double A but likely would have played half the year sing, single and half the year at high A and we would all be talking about where he may rank among the top 25 prospects rather than top 50 top 75 that's I think where you're going to see Gutierrez come, where he's he's not on top hundreds right now, but I think he's going to be that guy that by the middle of the season everyone's going to go. So where in the top fifty does he 
end up, and by the end of the year, there's going to be some lean to him as a maybe a top twenty five guy. So, okay. Well, and that's top three. Let's get the next big three. That's what we do with these shows here, the Prospects Podcast. Wait, it's the Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour. Sorry. Boy, I'm all out of sorts today. What day is it? Where are we? What's happening? Who am I? How do I know this is real? Can I touch you guys? No, I can't. That's not real. Don't break Uh, your screen. Joe's. Joe, who's the next big three? Yeah, so... um... For a sake of variety, I didn't include Gutierrez, but he would be one of my guys in here uh, if Ben hadn't mentioned him. Um, and and it's funny, um, we do a top 100 for the baseball card collecting hobby prospects list, and Anthony Gutierrez was in that list. He was 68th in our list. I mean, the the kid's amazing. But uh, for my three, I'll go with um, Aaron Zavala, who's a OBP power guy I've loved you know since the moment he got into that system. He's, you know, going to do plus to double plus walk rates, you know, that 15 to 18% type walk rates with a K rate that's, you know, 20% or less, uh, you know, so in OBP fantasy leagues, he is going to be a beast. Um, and if it wasn't for getting injured at the AFL, I think he would have been in the mix for a starting job with the Rangers this year. Um, next on my list is going to be Dustin Harris. Uh, I love Dustin Harris. I know that, you know, some places he's not as high, um, but you know, I, I just love his power swing. You know, just the the guy can he's he, he you know Paul Bunyan esque power. I mean, it, he doesn't swing hard and the ball goes far. You know, he he has out of the park power. And, and being a, a you know baseball card collector, that that really hits the heart where you those guys sell the best. So I'm always um, looking for those guys. So his his power is plus plus power. And, and he's shown that he can play outfield, which was a question. There was a question if he could, was going to get forced to first base, but he's been playing uh, outfield relatively well. So I, I'm, I'm um, more positive than on Dustin Harris than I was a year ago um, at this time, showing that he can stick in the outfield is a big deal, I think. And then finally, um, one guy that you know is kind of uh, somebody I'm higher on than I think the majority of the industry. Um, and again, I would have put Anthony Gutierrez here, but uh, I'll go with Jason Morabell. So, Jason Morabell, I absolutely love. Super patient at the plate. Um, room to grow. He's 6'2". He's lanky. You know, there's there's a slight bit of stiffness to him. But, I mean, his data looked great. Um, he had, you know, double plus, you know, 90th ex, uh, percentile exit velocities. Uh, he got better as the season went on, which is not something you see with these young prospects. He was at the complex for most of the year. He's an 18 year old. You know, um, by August, um, he in August he put up a 377, 441, 607 triple slash. You know, I mean, he was on fire. I just I, I'm in love with him. Uh, like I said, uh, hopefully he, that he puts on that weight and good weight, and it looks like he can put it on to to get to that added power. That'll that'll make him impactful player. Give it to him, Ben. So uh, I was just say, so are, we, are you ready? Um, so Zavala is definitely on mine, and, and and I I'm right there with you. I don't think we would be talking about Robbie Grossman in fantasy right now if Zavala hadn't gotten hurt because that's I really think that's the kind of player he is. Is kind of where Robbie Grossman is, but think Robbie Grossman with more power because Grossman gives you. A, is kind of a 15-15 guy. Give, give, put maybe a 
25-10 instead. Because I think Zavala has a little more, or has some athleticism, but he isn't going to give you the same speed that Grossman can. But he's got significantly more power. But that kind of a, that same OBP that Grossman gives you. Grossman has a pretty darn good eye. And it's not a bad, I mean, similar player. Um, in that, I mean, yeah, I, I, I was really disappointed. I, I really enjoyed watching Zavala move up last year. I thought he could do more. Um, so I was kind of bummed that he got hurt. But uh, but my other ones, I had White on there, and we've talked about him a bit. Uh, the other one I have on there, and, you know, just because it's hard to, it's one of those that's hard to give up on, is, is Jack Leiter. And, you know, it's just hard to give up on the raw talent. And, and I'll, I'll put it out there for this reason being I watched a lot of Kyle Wright when Kyle Wright went from the number seven overall draft pick and everyone said, well, geez, this is the elite Vandy guy that everyone thought was going to be the, you know, possibly the number one overall draft pick that year. And he just hasn't really wowed anybody all the way through the minors and took some extra time to get it at the majors. And then he had that breakthrough last year. And, you know, he just, it took him a little bit longer, but he got there and he, he always kind of had that, those little sneaking, you saw hints. And that's the same thing. You see it with lighter that there's hints and I don't, I haven't seen him put it all together for more than an inning or two at a time yet. But man, when he does, you're like, geez, this guy could be a dominant, dominant starter. Um, it's just, he's got to put it together for more than an inning or two at a time. Um, and obviously good pedigree there, you know, with his dads and everything else. So yeah, he's the one there. This is a system, you know, we're not even bringing up a guy like, you know, Brock Porter, who is one of the most explosive high school arms in the entire draft last year. We're not talking about, you know, Cole Wynn, who's a really solid prospect. We're talking about, you know, Ronald Acuna's little bro. You know, we're not talking about all sorts of guys that they have that are really good players. And so this is a really, really deep system that, Mm. yeah, we're not talking Kumar and, you know, I, one of my, I guess one of my favorite guys to geek on is someone who's usually ranked in the twenties in their system. And that's Jonathan Ornelas. And one of those guys, I think he's going to be a really useful utility guy down the road. Um, You know, just, there's a lot of these type of really good ball players in this system right now. They've done a lot of good things in the last few years and built up a really deep system. Yeah. Yep. No doubt about it. This is a fun team. The Rangers, they sign big money free agents and they have fun youngsters. I mean, they're really, they're using every piece of their arsenal to try to make a winner in the coming decade here. It's still only 2023, so the decade has not fully fulfilled itself. But I expect the Rangers to be in a World Series before this decade is through. So you want a fun stat? You want a fun stat? I love a fun stat, yeah. First two games of the year. The Rangers had more runs in the first their first two games than the Cowboys had in their first two games last year. Hey, that is a stunner. I think that's impressive. Hell yeah, the Cowboys. Oh, I I, I love the Rangers. Can't stand the Cowboys, so I love that fun stat. That works for me. Uh, Donovan wants to know if we hit on Owen White. We did. We did cover that. We just wrapped up the Rangers. And by the way, if you ever come in late for the live or you're just not here and you're seeing this later, you can pause it, rewind it, go back, flip it upside down, whatever you want to do. 
because it's always here on YouTube anytime you need it. And of course, on your preferred podcast platform. All right. Next team up. Remember, we're doing four teams today on our special opening day for the rest of minor leagues across baseball. Prospects power half hour. The next team will be the Giants. Let's go to the Giants. The San Francisco Giants out on the West Coast. Um, You know, I can't think of a ton of talent that excites me here, but it's not a bad system off the top of my head. So that's why I want to see what Joe Lowry has. Joe, who are the current top three prospects for the San Francisco Giants in 2023? So the the first two guys, I think, are pretty much consensus, and, and you know you can order them whichever way you want. Um, I'm a longtime noted uh, Kyle Harrison stan, so <laughs> Kyle Harrison is my top guy. Um, second guy will be Marco Luciano, and, um, you know, again, oh, I think boy. you can kind of flip-flop him. Um, that guy's so still- I'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. So, so Harrison is is a as a lefty um, who's you know just dominates uh, hitters with with a fastball slider combo. He's got a changeup um, that's coming along and, and is really the key to whether he'll kind of reach that SP two uh, kind of ceiling that he presents. You know his his CSW uh, rating last year was elite. Um, you know he gets you know double plus zone whiffs. Um, he, he had his first triple a start. Um, and I watched as much of that as I could while, while I was working and, (laughs) um, that ump was not being kind. I mean, he was all over the zone and he was not getting the calls. So he, he, he didn't get, um, the full run that I thought he should, but you know, he's just a strikeout machine with a kind of low slingy, uh, release point from the left-hand side that causes a lot of problems and, and and tunnels really well with his fastball and his slider so there's, there's you know again i think he's the the next man up as kind of you know the young pitching in san francisco which there's actually quite a bit um not necessarily of that caliber but the system is stocked full of kind of sp4 fives and and bullpen arms there's a lot of them there um, but but Harrison is that cut above. He's you know set to join Logan Webb and be kind of the one-two punch for the Giants uh, for the foreseeable future. And then we got Luciano. Luciano is um, yeah. There's prospect fatigue with Luciano, right? Um, Lu- he he his power is elite. You know, double plus power in my opinion. The he he dealt with back issues and that, those back issues kind of sapped a lot of that. Um, effectiveness on the offensive side he's not going to stick at shortstop which from a real baseball perspective is going to kind of push him uh, down some rankings but I'm still a believer that the the hit and the power are going to come and and they're going to deliver it's just going to take a little bit longer you know well hopefully he figures out the back thing you know I'm it it's what put pushes him down to two for me Uh, you know we don't want to see the Brennan Davis experience again um, with back issues uh, and finally, I'll, I'll wrap it up with um, a guy who's really jumped up there who um, wasn't here anywhere close to here for me last year. It's Casey Schmidt. Um, <clears throat> he was drafted in that Kyle Harrison draft as kind of an, a guy to underslot so they could pay the big money to Kyle Harrison in that draft. And, you know, his defense was the calling card. And, you know, his hit and his power tool were fine, but not anything special. And last year, he really worked on engaging with his lower half, and his power shot up. 
uh, where, you know, in his first year at single A, he put eight home runs up. And last year across high A and double A, he actually had 20 home runs. Oh, plus a, another one in triple A. So 21 home runs last year. And this year, the Giants have been trying to get him to play some shortstop as well. And and again, he's got the arm. He's got the glove. We'll see if he's got the kind of agility to play the position. But that just increases his impact and his effectiveness, especially with kind of the Giants not having much um, long-term in either of those positions. So, so uh, yeah, Casey Schmidt is my number three guy in the Giants system. All right, Benny, agree or disagree? Spot on on all three of them. And I may be... I know, you know, Joe's Joe's a Giants guy, and and he and I have talked many times over on my my huge man crush I have on Marco Luciano. Um, I it's I really would love to see him potentially move to right field because that boy has a gun for an arm, and I think he he's a guy who he'll never ever win a home to first race, but he goes first to third very well. You know, he's one of those guys that if you get him moving, he's got some speed. He's just a guy that takes three, four strides to get going. And so he's not a bad athlete. It's just he's not that guy who has a holy cow quick first step. And playing shortstop, that's not exactly the best thing, but his hands have gotten significantly better there. And the the other thing that was always an issue with him was just the, the transfer from glove to hand to and that's gotten a lot better it's at this point the one hold up for him is that simple thing that first step and to get to the majors he would have to be able to do that and have the range and everything and with a guy like schmidt who has such amazing instincts defensively that he literally can move to shortstop because his instincts are so good why even worry about having luciano there and so that's I, I just I'd like to see him move to a corner outfield spot because I just think they could let that arm play and then just let the bat do what it does because man it'd be fun. But yeah, Schmidt, I I really, the way he played out in spring, I th- I thought he might come up with the, with the big club. He was playing that well and yeah, there's it a lot of surprise. Talk. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he isn't. If he isn't on the big club at some point this year, because hey, they don't exactly have the most stable third base situation. And well, Brandon David Crawford, VR's power, you don't like it? Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that his power and JD Davis's um, JD Davis isn't something, but I don't <laughs> know that that's the combination of the two equates to what Casey Schmidt could be. And well, definitely not defensively. Brandon, Brandon Crawford is not exactly a bastion of health. So you add that in and there's going to likely be an opening at some point on the left side of that infield for, for him to come up. And so as long as he can show out, that would be, that would be the guy who I could see really make an impact this year out of this trio. Harrison, I bet they wait till at least mid season. Because yeah. they just they don't want to tax that arm with major league innings if they don't have to. But why? Gosh, he's fun to watch. Why don't they want to do that? Just why? Why put ex, extra innings on that arm unless he's, he's? I mean, if he if he's pushing the issue, that 
then great. I mean, if he's if he's popping a one ERA in the PCL in May, well, then you might have a different discussion. But if he and you know and he's striking out thirteen per nine, you know, we might be having a different discussion. But if he's just having really good starts, time in, time out, getting six innings deep and put posting a low threes with you know ten to twelve K per nine that's going to be a okay you're showing us that you're ready for the next step sort of thing what about this so. tidbit here christian crespo who knows about prospects in baseball as much as anybody i know cray actually backed out of the giants deal because he knew he couldn't compete with casey schmidt <laughs> all right hell yeah i like that well and then and, and the, the giants don't have harrison on the 40 man and and they oh. have a few other they have a few other arms that can just chew up innings in the minors that are on their 40 man mm-hmm. and they're not going to be competitive. So like Ben said, why waste those bullets, especially on a prep arm? If, if Harrison is, was a more mature college arm, then yeah, maybe it's a different story, but just well, I just think the giants are going to be a team that's good this year. I think they will compete. So if they do compete, I wonder how that changes the situation. But if you disagree with me, then obviously that's why you say that. Uh, all right, it's a got... tough division. Oh, it's a brutal division, but okay. It is period. No other but. Next big three, then, for the San Francisco Giants. Joe Lowry, give us the next big three prospects within this system in San Francisco. Yeah, so I, I think um, a lot of people are going to expect to hear Luis Matos. And and I'm not going to include him because I'd like to just kind of highlight some other guys for me personally. Um, because similarly to Luciano, there's there's a bit of prospect fatigue with Matos and, and his star's fallen a bit. And, and I want to see how he reacts. You know, there, I think there were some health issues. Um, so I, I just want to see a full healthy season and see if he's absorbed the lessons about patience at the plate because, uh, you know, his sing, swing is, is amazing. But moving on, I'll, I'll go with um, Mason Black, who is uh, – right now he's he's got two-plus pitches in a fastball and a slider. Um, there's a – third pitch is a changeup. Um, you know, his fastball does have two different variations, but they're basically kind of the same thing um, speed-wise. Uh, and that slider is just a big-time out pitch. Um, and, and I think he's potentially a mid, mid-rotation mid guy. Um, you know, he had plus CSW numbers last year. Um, you know, there, there's bullpen risk um, with him, like pretty much every arm outside of Harrison in the system. But... Um, I think he's probably the next best uh, arm in the Giants system at the moment. Um, next guy I'll go with is Grant McRae, um, son of uh, Rodney McRae. Uh, for those that remember, um, Rodney ran through a outfield wall um, long ago. And wow. <laughs> now his son may get the chance to do so again. Uh, I think it was for the Expos, Ben, that he did that? or what? I'd have to look that up. It's one of those it, great it, highlights. Yeah, I mean, it would be the, the, the viral video of the day if those things existed back then. Um, McRae is a center fielder who's going to be able to stick in center field with his speed and his glove. He's a he's a power speed guy who was just really a speed defense guy until this past year when the power just blossomed. You know, he was a skinnier kid, I think, who put on some muscle and, and just really kind of got his first full pass at, at full season ball. Where you know he hit 23 home runs last season when he had never hit more than three in a season prior. Um, the the big concern with with McRae is strikeouts. You know he's 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 way up there in his strikeout rate. Um, 
if he can improve on that, it's, you know, watch out. You know, he, he's going to potentially be in top 100 lists. He's going to be, you know, a top three or four Giants prospect if, if he can, um, you know, bring that strikeout rate down. And then finally, I'll, I'll go with Von Brown, um, who's a physical specimen. Um, do not uh, look at his shirtless pictures when um, <laughs> others are around. Um, <laughs> they make, they'll make you swoon. Um, <laughs> he, he's, you know, just fantastic, um, patient, uh, approach with, um, some really good power. You know, he had, um, 23 home runs last year, stole 44 bases, uh, between single A and high A, uh, you know, he's got, you know, plus 90th percentile EVs, got a nice compact swing. Um, you know, occasionally he'll, he'll chase pitches, but, um, he usually makes good uh, you know, swing decisions and, 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 um, you know, he just needs to get that bat to ball skill set down as he goes up the levels. Uh, but he was a huge breakout guy last year and, uh, I'm buying into being somebody off my radar to potentially being a starting outfielder for the giants in the future. Woo wee Joe coming in hot. I like it, Joe. That's fun stuff. Mix it up. Let's see some other names out there. Ben, you got to disagree with this a little bit. I do. I, I do want to add that I love the Brown uh, story of scouting him through a hole in the fence during the COVID year that nobody could watch them play. And so the giant scout was scouting him through a hole in their fence in the outfield. That That's that's a great story. So, By the way, um, it was in the minor leagues where that wall crash happened. It was not a major league game. Right. And he only played uh, for the Mets and the White Sox very briefly in the majors. Okay. He's also from Detroit. So there you go, Rodney McCray of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, ben, real, well, unless you're going to bring this name up, Ben, let's see if you bring the name up first, and then I'll ask this question next. Okay. Uh, well, Averson Artiaga is the one guy that I'm going to have this different out. I have McCray and Brown on mine, and then Averson Artiaga is the other one that I mentioned. And uh, I really like watching him play defense. He's a fun defender to watch um i am not sold on what his offensive abilities are going to be that's the thing right now that i it's tough to figure out what what the offensive potential is but as a defender it's it's there it's all there and and it's really fun to watch um but he's and he's he has more power than you would think in that frame it's it's just Getting to consistent swings in a row is really tough to watch from him because it's it's like watching Gary Sheffield's wind up, you know, before he would swing. And I always was amazed that if you watch that, you'd go, how on earth does that goofiness end up with from that the point when he starts to swing, the rest of the way is like the most perfect, pristine right-handed swing that you could possibly ask for. That's the opposite because his setup isn't goofy, but it never leads to the same thing every time. Once he kind of enters into the zone, it's like he's he'll come up with a goofy uppercut swing one time. The next time he's it's like he's axing down on the ball. The next time it's a perfect straight through the. 
I don't know what he's shooting for, but he has really good hip trigger in his swing. And so when he does make contact, it really jumps off the bat. <laughs> it's just that <laughs> you don't know what angle he's going to be coming at. And so sometimes it jumps off the bat when he's axing at it and it barrels down right into the dirt, you know, but he does hit it pretty hard, you know, and I just, I don't know what he's going to be offensively. It, it I'd like to see he's, I, what it, was he at just low A last year or single A or did he get some high A in? I can't remember that he got any high A in, but regardless, he's still got that. upper A yeah. or low upper a. levels to even. Yeah. Yeah. No high A. Yeah. 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 I watched him in single A and that was about it. So yeah. Yeah. Cause he hasn't even seen kind of tougher pitching. And so that's going to be a challenge for him too, is when he's got to really start to work against guys who know how to spin a breaking ball and locate their fastball, all of it. And so that swing really needs to be disciplined, but the defense is fun to watch. It's, it's fun. Red alert! Red alert! Commercials incoming! Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert! Commercials incoming! Prepare to enable the use of your 15-second skip-ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert! Red alert! Commercials incoming! In three... Two, one. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And that's the only disagreement? That's the only disagreement I got okay. with this guy. So. Well, that's great news, because I want to bring up Christian's point. Joe, what are your thoughts on Carson Seymour? Yeah, you know, um, Seymour, I mean, the 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 Giants are one of uh, another one of those teams you might not want to consider trading with. I mean, they traded... Darren Ruff for Carson Seymour. Um, yeah, we'll take that every day of the week. Um, so, wow. you know, he's, uh, he, you know, he's a workhorse. He, you know, he's got, he can throw a ton of innings. Uh, he's got a huge arsenal, you know, of, you know, kind of average to above average pitches with the slider being plus, you know, fastball, cutter, slider, curveball, changeup, uh, good command, um, you know, a polished arm, um, so back end starter, but one of those guys that you always appreciate having on your staff. Okay. That's respectable. Another all that, Mr. Christian Crespo, who already knows the answer, but he just wanted to see what Joe thought, because Christian knows all. <laughs> also, real quickly, Anthony wants to know is Brett Wisely a thing for the Giants or could he be? Anybody? Well, isn't he on the major league team right now? Yeah, he uh, he was going back and forth. I can't remember with him and Bryce Johnson, I think wisely was went down when they signed or traded for Beatty and he was supposed to be on the opening day roster. And then, and then they ended up not doing it because they signed Beatty and then, and then they brought him up a few games later. 
you know, he's just to me, he's he's one of those guys in the long line of just a guys that that Farhan Zaidi has in you know crushes on for whatever reason. He, he just wants to cycle through like forty of them, and and maybe one of them will stick. Yeah, uh, decent numbers of Double A last year. Got a tiny taste of Triple A to close out the year. So he's only twenty three years old. Maybe we'll see. But neither one of you are like, wow, we gotta have him. Yeah, it's it's that type of guy. Like, I mean, he could do something like Lamont Wade did for a short period of time, but then you don't expect, you know, just kind of like Lamont Wade, you don't expect him to do that again. You know, that's the <laughs> whole thing. So, oh. All right, well, that's the San Francisco Giants. There you go. That's two teams down, Utah. Utah. Two down. Give me two. Two to go here on the Prospects. Power Half Hour, our special edition. Four teams today we're doing because minor leagues are opening across the great Northern American landscape. It's a beautiful time here. Joe Lowry is our guest. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter. It's real simple. It's just J Hook, right? But it's two zeros, I believe. Yeah, just like the Palazzo podcast. Give me two. That's right. There you go. There's your two, Joe. That's Joe zero zero Hook. Joe Hook, two zeros, guys. You can do it. I know you can handle it on Twitter. All right, next team. Two left. I'm going to go with the Astros. Let's do the Houston Astros next here on the Palazzo podcast. Joe, the Houston Astros have just come off a World Series championship. Justin Verlander left. They are filling the void with some talent, and their farm system is not terrible either, right? Who are the top three prospects? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, not terrible, but not great. (laughs) I mean, they're still... (coughs) Excuse me. They're still filling the fallout of um, losing all those draft picks uh, from... um, that you one know, thing that happened whole, that one time, you know, bang bang, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, the first, the first guy I'll go with, uh, and, and I think Ben and I are going to be pretty much in lockstep for these top three is is Hunter Brown. Um, he still got his prospect eligibility, and, and you know, there, there's all that kind of stuff out there in social media saying the next Justin Verlander type of thing, and. Um, you know, he's got the, the uh, double plus curveball, double plus slider, you know, a fastball that can get up to triple digits. I mean, you know, what the issue with Hunter Brown is command. If he has command, he is lights out. He, he's an ace. Um, when his when his command is off, um, you know, he's what we saw a little bit of to start the season, right? He's you know, three to four innings and he's, he's done, you know, he's thrown too many pitches. So he's, he's my top guy. Um, next guy I'll, I'll go with is a 2022 MLB draft pick out of the university of Tennessee, Drew Gilbert. I, I love Gilbert. He's a fiery competitor, center fielder, double plus bat speed. Um, you know, raw power. He he's, he's big OPP. He's going to be bring, bringing the speed to the table too. You know, he is going to be, a number one number two hitter in my uh opinion at with 2020 with high end obps i'm you know i'm very much in on drew gilbert um moving forward uh you know unfortunately he he got an injury so we right after right when he started at the i think the complex after the draft so we didn't get to see hardly anything from him um but i he's one of the guys that's a must watch for me um this uh minor league season um and then finally i'll wrap it up with um somebody who uh i believe made the major league roster was uh yiner diaz yeah and uh he he was acquired for he was part of the uh miles straw uh trade with the guardians 
<laughs> along with I think a uh, reliever was it Phil Mayton or something like that and and so um you know Diaz has got the hit and the power um he doesn't really have the defense I don't think he'll stick a catcher um you know there he'll, he'll he can go to uh you know first base maybe some outfield out there too um and you know I I just think he, he's got kind of you know a, an offensive profile that's going to work especially in Houston so yeah I, I'm I'm in on Diaz uh he's he's traditionally kept his K rates low even if his walk rates haven't been um so there there's a bit of kind of like a um you know uh, an aggressive approach at the plate, but we'll see. I mean, if he, if he can stick at catcher, then, then I'm a lot more in because catchers offensive profiles are rough usually, <laughs> but, uh, still, if, if, if he's out in the field, he's, he's still, you know, a good enough hitter to, to make it. Yeah. And Gnostic baseball points out that Hunter Brown did lose to the tigers the other day. That is a fact <laughs> that did happen folks. So, I mean, anything's possible. It doesn't mean he's not a top prospect, Go Tigers, but I mean, things will happen. It's the opening day. It's the new season, blah, blah, blah. So yes, Gnostic baseball would love to see that. The fact the tigers beat the Astros is just exciting, but don't get too excited now. Uh, ben, so agreement or disagreement on the Astros top three. Agree on the top three. I actually, one of my, comparisons I did with uh, Yiner is uh, one of my favorite guys in William Contreras uh, the very similar offensive profiles I think, oh. I think William's a better catcher um, but you know in that Diaz is not a bad athlete overall I think he could possibly actually play the outfield just like William went out and he wasn't a bad outfield defender. He obviously didn't have natural instincts, but your mind Mercedes take no, God, <laughs> that we, we're not even going to get into that. Okay. But okay. That that's we're, we're talking athletes, not big right. round things that oh. they stick behind the plate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, no, but I mean, offensively that it's a very similar skill set where there's, there's a lot of power. There's a, a decent amount of hit tool where, but definitely the power is going to lead the profile, uh, but you could you could see a two sixty guy that you know depending on how much he gets you you know you're talking twenty five plus home runs out of this and you know if he can get into the outfield he can get some first base time he can get enough DH time that's a pretty nice guy to have sitting in your roster for really you probably didn't you might not even had to spend a draft pick on him this year you might have been able to get him off the waivers after he made the club so i mean that's a pretty solid pickup um but yeah gilbert i think is going to really skyrocket up list this year it's just he was such i i think part of it is that team in tennessee was so good last year that just how good drew gilbert was was lost to how good the overall team he was and it's I think it's going to really show as he comes out this year and kind of has his first full season as a minor league prospect I think he's going to push their system pretty quick he's going to jump up in a hurry and that's going to really show up on as they start doing rankings mid-season and then definitely postseason. He's going to jump up pretty quick. 
All right. Hell yeah. Joe Lowry, who are the next big three Houston Astros in 2023? Yeah, and th- this is where it gets um, kind of like the Rangers, but not, but in a different way of just throw darts, pick, pick. You know, there's so many guys here that you're just like, uh, I'm going to go this route. So, um, oh, we'll wait, see wait, wait, wait. We got to prove this out. is live. She's, she wants to know is this live? Yeah. We're responding yeah. to you in real time. Hello. Sarah Purton <laughs> on Twitch. Hi. There you go. That's the proof it's live. Sorry, Joe, to interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> All good. So, um, my three guys I'll go with uh, I'll start with Jacob Melton. Um, you know, a 20, another 2022 MLB draft picked. Um, you know, big, big power. And, you know, uh, double plus 90th exit velocity, uh, percentile exit velocity ratings. Uh, he can barrel the ball with authority. Um, you know, he's. You know he's it got plus walk rates as well, uh, which I like. Um, his unfortunately comes with um, below average zone contact rates, um, and that was mostly um, because of his challenges with the um, soft stuff, the breakers. You know, he, like a lot of power hitters, uh, younger power hitters, that's that's where his biggest challenge comes in. But uh, if if he can figure that out, you know, there there's a big time uh, power bat in in the wings there for the Astros. Uh, next, I'll go with Miguel Ulola. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, he's an interesting one. Um, he's got an elite fastball, elite, uh, and he'll throw it a lot <laughs> um, because his his secondaries, uh, he's got a curveball, slider, and changeup. They're all uh, varying efficiencies and effectiveness and, and um, very inconsistent. Uh, his command is not good. But I'm, you know, you the so either you've got a really high end, high leverage um, bullpen arm, or you're looking at potentially um, an electric starter if any of those secondaries and the command come around. Uh, and, and and he's got some proximity, so um, you're going to be hearing his name potentially this year, uh, bringing up, you know, and the Astros kind of take this approach right where they'll go with the um, bullpen first. And then push them into the rotation type of guy if they can figure it out. Uh, and fi- finally, I'll um, end with Spencer Aragetti. Uh, again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Oh, um, we already of, had a reference in the live chat about Aragetti. Somebody made a comment about spaghetti. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, here it is. Yeah, <laughs> Spaghetti Aragetti is going to end the year as their number one overall prospect. This is a classic Chad call out, by the way, Joe, if you don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Chad makes some big calls. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I like I like Aragetti. Uh, he's he's kind of a bit of the opposite of what I was just talking about, where he's uh, got decent command and he's got a pretty full arsenal that all kind of works and it works together. Um, and the the fastball has good ride on it and uh he'll throw it everywhere and and you know all over the zone he'll he'll go to the top of the zone um you know there's you know when the, the command is lost that the arsenal doesn't stand up to it but when he had when his command is on he'll pepper the zone and get um a a lot of um you know called strikes especially on that curveball which is surprising uh, you don't often see that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I think he's a good, you know, SP4, you know, in the Astro system, you know, the, they turn those guys into um, the, the sum of the parts guys turn out to be really well, surprisingly. So uh, I'm in on him. Those are the type of guys that turn into a Framber Valdez. Yeah. You know, Ooh, that's, that's, what, that's what they, 
that's what they do with those guys for some reason so hell yeah uh is there no by the way uh no jacob melton says gnostic baseball well ben are you gonna say that no that's what i said oh christ this is what happens when i'm doing 10 things at once i don't even know what's going on (laughs) never mind that was earlier before you talked about him though so technically that is not a post that's my fault mr gnostic baseball I take responsibility for the mistake. Joe, I apologize. Please forgive me. Uh, Ben, response to the next big three in the Astro system. So I actually have zero of uh, Joe's guys on mine, but that's kind of the nature of uh, this Astro system is once you get beyond their top three, you can kind of, yeah, you can kind of put a whole lot of guys in the next big three. Um, So, I have uh, Billy's son, Will Wagner, uh, oh. if, you were, if you remember him from fall, from AFL. Uh, he's in AAA, and God, I, I just, I like his bat. You know, I just, I like what he can do with the bat. I don't know that he's ever going to be a big power hitter, but he's one of those, he's just a, he consistently makes good contact, and I mean, it's probably doubles contact. I don't know how... Yeah, works well for Matt Chapman. Gonna, you know, I don't know how he's... <laughs> and he's not exactly a, an elite defender, but, you know, they've worked with with less, you know. Frankly, his profile and Yuli Gurriel's profile aren't that far different. You oh. know, and they let that profile play at first base for quite a while. So, you know, it, it's a profile that we've seen work for that team in the major leagues um so i don't i i just i really like watching him play he seems to get the absolute most out of what he's got talent wise which that's always something to enjoy out of a player and that's kind of where the next guy justin durden is my next guy and he's a guy who went undrafted in uh 2020 in that short draft uh and he was he spent five years in college and then went undrafted. So I mean, kind of a rough go to start his career. And now he's I mean, he just about forced his way onto the roster this year or this spring with a really good spring. And uh, just really athletic, strong lefty guy that good power speed in the outfield. I mean, I, don't know, I just I, I like what he can bring to the game. Corey Jolts just beat him out. So yeah. hard to get upset about that. Um, and last is kind of your typical Astros development guy is, um, and I know I'm going to pull a Joe here and just say, I, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this name anywhere near correct, but it's Masail Tamaras. And um, not an elite fastball, but it's one of those that's elite in what it does. I mean, it can it can touch 99, but usually is more around 93, 94. But it just it moves everywhere, and um, but they've got him already spinning a slider that is one of those that has holy crap numbers as far as its spin, and his control will go from plus to like 20 grade control depending on your day. So it depends on what you have, where you're at for what they graded. Most places graded as below average control, oh. but I've watched him absolutely smack the crap out of the catcher's glove all day long. And then the next start, he can't seem to find the zone. So he's one of those guys that 
that's the way they develop them in the Astro system, and they work on that until they're just pounding the zone with the ball. And he already has, you know, that fastball. He has that slider that moves, and he's got a pretty electric changeup too. And if he can just get him into the zone consistently, like I said, that's what they do with pitchers. They built develop those kind of guys and turn them into a Jose Urquidy and to a, you know into a Framber Valdez, into, I mean, these guys, this Christian Javier, these guys, they develop, it's, they're not elite arms and they just turn them into guys that can be productive. And that's kind of where this, he's that type of an arm and they've got a whole bunch of these guys. He's just my example of one that I, I, he was 20 when he signed. That's another reason why he's a good example is the Astros like to sign guys when they're a little older he was 20 when he signed, not a 16-year-old. So, I mean, it's just kind of... He follows a lot of the Astros' <laughs> typical line of things that they do with pitchers. So That's a good thing. A lot of great pitching. Every year, they get the most out of their starters. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's a quality organization. Even if you don't like it on the Astros, they know what they're doing. So, just accept it and move on. Uh, at least Jeffrey Liu now isn't in the business anymore, which is good. That's a positive. All right. We got one left, folks. We got one more, one team to rule them all. We promised you four teams today. And, you know, I don't know if this team is any good ever any given year, but they're also never, like, totally god-awful. Like, they can be in the mix in May, in June for a second, and then tail off later on. But the Colorado Rockies. Coors. Coors. There it is. You know that was going to happen. I'll probably hit it five more times. But, uh, you know, the silver bullet always gets you home. It always has. Right? This right here is a silver bullet all the way from Colorado. So there you go. All right, Joe, <laughs> give us your top three Coors Field products as it stands today. Who are the top three prospects for the Colorado Rockies in 2023? So, um... Sneak peek, there will not be any pitchers on this list. Shocking information. It's 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 unfortunate, uh, because their farm system should be completely stocked with pitching, um, given that they can't sign any free agent pitching, uh, at least for the rotation. Um but I mean, they did sign a free agent bullpen arm, according to Dick Monfort. I mean, oh. that was a big deal, right? I mean, that Made was a real game changer. Right? Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know what? Before you announce this top three, I did promise Donovan that I would get this sound effect here. Oh my so here we go. Stand by. This, I'm supposed to spin the wheel. This is the Price is Right wheel spinning. To figure out what the if We only had one team left. I mean, but I promised Donovan I would do count. Colorado has a one to nothing game going on in Colorado. Of course, it's against the Nationals, but you know, still (laughs) should have picked Kyle Freeland as your streamer today, folks. Yeah, Josiah Gray doing the dirty business in cores today. That's exciting. I'd like to see that. Maybe that fastball is not as hittable this year, or maybe it's just a fluke. All right, Joe, top three Rockies, no pitchers, I'm sure. Yeah. So um, the one we all know is, is Ezekiel Tovar, right? And and part of that is uh, his prowess at, um, at shortstop. You know, he's got a rocket arm. Uh, he can cover the the range of that whole left side of that infield. Uh, I, I've seen him make some ridiculous throws in the minor leagues. Um, you know, he's, he's 
there there is no doubt that he is the, the shortstop uh, for the Rockies until he hits free agency. <laughs> but um, so you know that that that's a locked in position for him, and, and that gives him kind of just a super high floor. the The offensive side of the ball, I'm out as far as it this year is concerned. I think there's there's time where he will come to figure it all out, but. Uh, his strikeout rates have always been really good, um, but he just is being a bit challenged, right, facing this advanced pitching. He's a young guy, um, and and he, his walk rates have typically trended pretty low, so he doesn't have that to um, kind of backstop the, the challenges that he faces with that advanced pitching. So I think there's going to be some growing pains for Tovar in the long term. I, you know, I, I think he's going to provide you a decent batting average decent pop especially in cores and um you know i i think he's worthy of that kind of first prospect uh in the rockies organization um until he graduates um next for me is zach veen uh oh, know, here it is now I, I i'm going to ignore anything that chad says in in the comments about Zach, but um, well, he admits he Veen... may have undersold the Zach Veen fifty fifty season, Joe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta love it. Um, so Veen to me, I'm not sold on his power. Um, he doesn't have the best exit velocities. They're they're okay. You know, everything's okay with him. Uh, his ground ball rate continues to trend poorly. Uh, um, you know, he was at 40-ish percent in single A and then 45%-ish in uh, high A and then 56% uh, in a small sample at double A. And, and I think that's a problem um, when you don't have, you know, the out-of-the-park power like a Dustin Harris. Um, you just, you're, that power is there, but it's not there enough to get away with that much uh, ground ball kind of um, approach. Uh, he's an aggressive base runner, right? He's going to steal a lot of bases. He's going to hit and get a lot of, uh, you know, balls in play um, and the speed will play up. So there's a lot to like. Uh, I'm just not sold on him being as high as I think some other people may be. Um, and then finally, Drew Romo. Um, and this is more of a defensive um, ranking than anything. He's probably one of the best defensive catchers in the minor leagues and uh, will be able to start for, for the Rockies behind the dish for um, again, another five to 10 years. Uh, there, there's no doubt the, the, the arm, the ability to play that position. It, he's got it all. I, I actually know a guy that uh, coached him up when he was younger and, and he just talks about him all the time. Um, but uh, the, the hit, He's a hit over power guy on the offensive side. Uh, and, you know, he the the problem is that um, he's still kind of not, he's not elevating the ball. Right. So he's not he's, he's got the, the strength, but he's just not um, got the launch angle and the approach and the swing to, to engage it. So, um, you know, I, I like him. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be overly relevant um, from a fantasy perspective, though. So, oh, Drew he, Romo, he, uh, not going to be relevant. Wraps That's up my it. top three. Oh, great work today, Joe. You got three more players to talk about, and you're off the hook. Hey, oh, it took me way too long Ooh. to put that one in the show. Jesus. Uh, 
Ben, any disagreements on the Colorado Rockies, also known as the team that plays at Coors? Top three. I have the same top three. Um, just a couple comments that, you know, with Tovar, I think he's been a guy who has typically taken a little bit to adjust to a level. And what I think folks don't maybe understand is he's got a total of about 70 games now <laughs> above a ball. Because he only played about 65 games last year in double A before he got up to the majors. And then, or 60, yeah, about 70 games that are above that. And then he ended up, so yeah, that are in minor leagues above uh, A ball. And then he's got his major league time. So that's really all he's seen of upper level pitching. And then he went straight to the majors. So it's, he's kind of learning on the fly here in the majors there's going to be some ups and downs. So if you're holding on him in a, in a head-to-head league, you're going to have some tough weeks. But I think you're going to have he's – a, he's a guy who down the road he's going to be a 15-15 type of guy, maybe even better. But it might not be this year. There's going to be some maybe up and down this year. Um, Veen, I had, I had someone from the Rock – who works with the Rockies who told me he is not in their top half dozen defensive outfielders. He is a bad defensive outfielder. Um, wow. That's that's a thing to worry about. What about this? Um, Chad says he's hitting more ground balls because that's what he wants to do. Um, the offensive skills have come <laughs> along well, but the defense is, is a worry. And if he's got to be a DH that steals or that's focuses speed, that's kind of an odd skill set. Um, so, uh could be a trendsetter, man. Especially if he is a guy who can't play defensive well or play defense well going into cores, into that outfield. That's the like, Huge worst outfield. spot possibly to be a bad defensive outfielder. It's the only place uh, I tip my hat to from Comerica is Coors Field in terms of giant yeah. outfields. Romo is a guy who I could see him being a an empty high average catcher, which that used to be a guy you could play, but we've got enough catchers that are coming up that are quality offensive catchers that that might not play in single catcher leagues anymore. But certainly two catcher leagues keep your eye there because you're talking about a guy who's going to be in cores that's a high average guy, which certainly should allow him to keep a high average. But that's cool. might be his only fantasy playable way is two catcher leagues. But... The defense is going to play. That defense is hellaciously good behind the plate. So, Okay. Well, shit, you know. Hey, can't be perfect, but close <laughs> out the show. Final three, next big three, Colorado Rockies prospects. Joe Lowry for Prospects Live. Tell it like it is. Yeah, my, my top guy is um, Adiel Amador. Um, you know, Amador is... A guy who spent, interestingly, he spent all of the 2022 season at single A, even though he was just kind of crushing it there. Um, low K rates, high walk rates, um, puts the bat on the ball a lot. He's, a, you know, a, a hit over power guy. Um, and, you know, it, it is the California League where it tends to be more offense. Um, so you, you have a bit of caution, um, but... 
you know, I, I think there's there's a, a lot of time for him to figure it out. You know, again, he's got a bit of the too much ground ball thing going on as well. Um, but you know, again, he's he's pretty young, uh, and you know, th- there was questions about why he wasn't elevated towards the end of the season, and I think that's probably it is that he needs to work on his plate approach. Um, but I, again, I think he's probably a um, you know future everyday player in 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 Colorado. I um, you know there there's there's some room to to build muscle there as well. You know he'll he'll stick up the middle somewhere somehow. Um, probably second base, but um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in on him. Um, and then uh, the next guy, uh, he's actually on the forty man, and he was with Amador in single A, and he got promoted to high A. And and this was why the questions were being asked of Amador is why wasn't he following him? And, and that's warming Bernabel. Um, I like Bernabel um, a lot. Again, another kind of hit over power guy, but his ground ball rates, um, weren't, you know, were really good. Um, in comparison, his strikeout rates were really low. His walk rates were kind of below average, but very good bat to ball skills, uh, puts the ball everywhere, sprays it all over the field, um, has okay power to his pull side. Um, you know, his defense, you know, he, he's probably better playing in the outfield, um, I think he was playing mostly third base, I think. Um, but he was playing, playing around the infield a lot uh, in the lower minors. Uh, and, fi- and finally, um, you know, this one I went back and forth with like three or four different guys. Um, you know, Sterling Thompson, Yankee Fernandez were all considerations. I just don't like them enough. Um, and there's a bit of prospect fatigue here, but I'm going to go with Benny Montgomery. Um, oh! And, it, you know, Benny is a... a one that's it holds a special place in the heart of the baseball card collecting world. Um, he has a lot of fun with it. He signs some really fun stuff. Uh, instead of signing his name, he'll sign you know Borat. You know, um, he'll he'll uh, he partnered up with his buddy Justin Lawler, uh, Jordan Lawler, and they made um, you know two kind of puzzle piece signatures where you put them together and it makes a bigger picture. If you put this card side by side, you know Benny Benny's a really fun personality. So. Um, you know, I think our thought process when he came out was that his hit tool and his power tool were going to be better than, uh, it really has turned out to be. Um, and part of that is, you know, there was always questions around a hitch in the swing and his flat bat bat path. And and that really hasn't changed a ton, but he's still got decent speed, decent power, decent hit, and he can probably play center field. Um, but he probably ends up, um, you know, he, we'll see, you know, given that size, his speed should play up. I've, I've still questioned a few of his route decisions in the games I've watched out there, but again, it's a young guy. Um, and, and so he's, he's, you know, like I said, there, there's a bunch of guys I wanted here. I'll, I'll go with Benny just because he's, you know, I, I enjoy his personality. <laughs> hey, Benny Montgomery, a fun guy. That's a good time. And I like a guy who has fun with his signing of cards. Way to switch it up. I did not know that. That's a fun tidbit about Benny Montgomery. Ben, any disagreements on the next big three Colorado Rockies? So I have Amador and Benny on there. Um, And I went back and forth. I actually considered a couple of pitchers um, in Jackson Cox and Gabriel Hughes. Both of them drafted this last year. Um, 
But wow. in the end, I went with another, a different guy that they drafted this past year, uh, Jordan Beck, who, another Tennessee outfielder who played alongside Drew Gilbert, um, nowhere near the same uh, talent that Drew has, but an incredible athlete all his own. And he's his big question is going to be, is he a 230 hitter or a 270 hitter? And that's really going to determine the rest because he's got the kind of speed-power combination that could be really impressive if he can get to the 270. Because he's got some legit power and he's a really good athlete. It's just a matter of it's he can go he can go searching a little bit for pitches, and um, he's. But, man, is he a fun athlete to watch, and he's got a good arm in the outfield. He can go get it. Um, I don't know that he's instinctual enough to play center, but he's going to be a really good corner outfielder. Um, so that type of guy that's going to be a really good corner guy that could could pass in center, but probably shouldn't be playing center, um, and definitely in cores shouldn't be playing center, but... In cores, he would do just fine in the in the corner, and that's where a lot of guys that normally can play corner don't last in cores. So he would be just fine there. But he's going to be a fun fun guy to watch develop as he, on his way up because if he can get that normal, if he can get that swing path figured out and access that power consistently, he could be a really really fun guy for fantasy owners. Okay, that's fun. Jordan Beck. Yeah, Matt Murray said a grand slam today. Is that exciting, Ben? Yeah, He has been crushing the ball. So the only problem is freaking Hosmer is hitting like 280, so it's not like they're going to get rid of him. So, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, the Cubs are a confusing team. Are they? What are they doing? Are yeah. they trying to contend? Are they, it's very odd what's going on on the north side of Chicago. But I think hey. Burvis has like six hits, and five of them have gone for extra bases or something like that so far this year. So that's pretty good. That's pretty that's, solid from where I come from. That tends to be okay. So, well, there it is. I think we did it. I think we covered four teams today. Look at that round of applause. Ben, Joe Lowry, our guest today. <clears throat> Prospects Live. Follow Joe on Twitter. It's real simple. You just type in. Joe Lowry, and he'll show up. Nope, it's not that simple. No. For some reason, Twitter's search <laughs> mechanism is awful. I don't know why it is, but every time I... So I don't know what the hell's going on there, but you can find Joe on Twitter by typing the at signal and then clicking the letter J and then clicking two zeros after the H. J-hook, two zeros. J-hook with two zeros instead of O's. Follow him, please. Let's get him to 1,000 subs. He's at a 9-11 right now. That's an ominous number. Let's move past that. Let's get up to 1,000. Let's get up to 1,000 right now. I think we could do it. Everybody get out there and follow Joe on Twitter. That was fun, guys. I thought we had a great time. I'm so glad that we have all minor league baseball rolling now. Joe, did you have a decent time here? Do you feel like this was productive at all? It, yeah, no, it was great. appreciate you guys having me. Um, you know, I've always wanted to have my picture next to a picture of the word turd. So <laughs> that's an underrated part of being on the show here live on YouTube. That's correct. 
Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. That was fun. Uh, so if you want to get any more information, follow Joe, follow Ben, Big Gentle Ben. I'm at MJ Govier, of course. Lots of podcasts, two L's, Utah. two Z's. Give me two. I'll be on tomorrow, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Friday. Me and Deary will talk about the first week of the season from a redraft and, you know, overall Major League Baseball perspective. So please join us here at 1.30 p.m. Friday afternoon, we'll cover the first week of baseball across MLB. Thank you to Joe Lowry, of course, Ben, my partner in crime, Michael Govier. This has been the Plutzel Podcast. All you guys rule. Thank you so much to live chatters. Donovan, great work, guys. Much love. Thank you, Donovan. We'll see you guys next time. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true. But it might just save your life That's the power of prospects That's the power of prospects Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue All in the Kroger app Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef For $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade Body Armor Super Drink Or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each All with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app To save big today Kroger, fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change Restrictions apply See site for details